Amen. Thank you, brother. All right, uh, you have your Bibles. Turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians. Let's stand as we honor God's Word. I'm going to be reading three or four verses here from 2 Corinthians, the second chapter. 2 Corinthians, the second chapter, and we want you to uh, stand and and let me read to you uh, verses 14 through 17. It says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. For we, now that refers to all of us, but Paul, Paul here is particularly talking about the ministry, but it, as, as we'll learn, it, he's talking to all of us. For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved, and here's a key statement here, and them that perish. To the one we are a savor of death unto death, and to the other the savor of life unto life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God in the sight of God speak we in Christ. Again, Father, we're so thankful for your word. We're thankful for what your word teaches us. And Lord, I just pray that in all things that you might give me the strength, give me what I need to preach this message today. Lord, I pray that way all the time, Lord, because it, it gets more difficult as each day goes by. Thank you, Lord, for everything. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. <clears throat> Let me say this before we start. Um, I've asked the Lord not to let this plague cause us to spend our lives thinking about the plague to the point that our lives are lived in fear. You know, we've, uh, we've got to get over this fear. You know, I, I'm blessed. You know, I may, I may come down sick just after I leave here today. I don't know. But uh, so far I've been blessed. So far the Lord has helped me stay away from it. And so far that uh, after I heard of Brother Sam Wilson and Sister Julie, then that really struck a, that struck a, a I guess you could say, a fire in me. Because I tell you, uh, I, I don't know how Brother Sam ever felt about it, but uh, I do know Brother Sam is an open person, and he, I know that he didn't worry too much about it. But um, I, I don't want it to let us get to the point of where we're afraid to do anything. And um, I, I do believe, and I still believe it, and I'll always believe it, that God will take care of his children. He'll take care of his children, and, and he'll watch over them, and, and he'll take care of them. And, and I do say this, and I want to say this, as as heard someone say a long time ago, you know, if God wants us to have it, we'll have it. If he doesn't, we won't. That's just as simple as that. You know, God's not going to put anything on you that, that you can't take. You know, so, you know, one of the best things in the world, and I say this, probably one of the best things in the world is, is if a saved person gets sick 
And, and I, I'm going to say, I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. What I mean by that is that uh, if if we don't come through something, then we we've got a much better place to go than a lost person. And so I I want I want to mention to you today that if you're here and lost, I pray the Lord will save you. I pray the Lord will take care of you, and I pray the Lord will. Uh, touch you today and pray that he'll see fit to save your soul because let me tell you folks you, you you're living dangerously when you're living each and every day because you never know uh, I, I, I tell you I've, uh, I've I've heard I've heard some people that have passed away here lately that I wouldn't have thought uh, they would have died as soon as they did and so uh, I do want you to remember those things. Well, that's just extra. That's not my message for today. This text that I'm using for this message this morning is one about the minister. It's about the minister, uh, and and it's about how the how how that we how that we are successful, how we can be successful in the ministry. You know, we've got so many today that are uh, that our things are just changing. I mean, they're changing. I, I don't like it. I, I I I can't help it. I don't like the way things are changing, and uh, but things are just changing today, and and even the ministry is changing today. You know, we've uh, <clears throat> we've gotten to where that, and <clears throat> I appreciate the live streaming, and I don't mind doing it. But I don't appreciate it when it becomes uh, an alternative to being in the house of the Lord and worshiping the Lord. Because, but that's where a lot of people have gotten it. That's where it has gone to with a lot of people is that they, you know, they just think that they can just stay out of church and listen to this and everything's going to be just fine. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that we're not to forsake the sin of ourselves together. And, and that we're to be in the Lord's house. And, and the verse 24, just before that verse, 25 there in Hebrews 10, verse 24 says that, that, that we are to, uh, uh, we are to uh, watch out one another. We are to uh, uh, make one another. I, don't, I can't remember the words it quite used, but, but we are to make one another to serve the Lord and, and to... to Show them that they need to serve the Lord and they need to be in the Lord's house. And certainly that's, uh, and then it's followed up with the verse, not forsake the assembly of yourselves together. But the text that I'm using this message this morning is one about the minister. <clears throat> there is a great message for, for the laymen and the laywomen. Laymen and the laywomen. Yeah, there's such thing as laywomen and there's such thing as laymen. You know, all, all of you that aren't ministers, you're lay people. And, and you're people who are supposed to be doing the same thing a minister has to do. You know, there are times when every one of us should become ministers. You know, when you're, when you're talking to somebody and going out and, and, and telling people about the Lord and witnessing, you're a minister. You're a minister for God, and you're going out there. So this is a great lesson that uh, that we can learn also as lay people. We know the life, 
we know the life that has always been led by the Lord uh, is led to victory, and and it should be a thankful one. You know, we we ought to be more thankful about the life that the Lord has given us to live than we are. We should be more thankful for that. We we should be more thankful for the life that the Lord has given us to live. And uh, but we're sometimes we uh, sometimes we're not very thankful for the life that the Lord has given us because well we don't want to get to church when we should we don't want to we don't want to sit in the church building we we don't we don't want to but but we're 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 hardy to run after a party we're hardy we're we're, we're certainly ready to run after something that is supposedly fun today. But uh, we, we should be more thankful than we are because let me tell you, folks, whether you're lost or, or, I mean, whether you're saved or not, the Lord is going to watch out after you. He's going to take care of you. And the and, uh, only thing I can say to a lost person today is that the Lord is going to providentially take care of you. He, and he does. He providentially takes care of his whole creation. But uh, the saved person has something special. They have something special. They're very special to God. And God wants to see that they're taken care of. He wants to see that they're... But, but when, when we make it so difficult, or God uh, make it so difficult that, that we, we, make, we make God ashamed of us, you know, we make God ashamed of us when we don't do the things that, that we should be doing. There are many more failures in the ministry than there are success. Many more failures in the ministry. I, I've, I've just heard of people who, have, who, who, who are quitting the ministry. They're quitting the ministry today, and, and, and they're just wondering, you know, uh, churches are going downhill. And, and I'm thankful for Landmark Baptist Church. You know, we, we're staying pretty steady, and I'm thankful for that. But I'm telling you, folks, I know of brothers and bro- brethren that are in the ministry that their churches are going downhill. They're going downhill. Somebody was telling me about a church in in Kentucky. Now the preacher is not he, he's not quite he's not like us, but he 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 he, he normally ran about 300 people in in, in his attendance. But I was told that, and I know him, I've known him for several years, a preacher, and I, I was told that uh, he now runs about 150 people. About half of his people are gone. And he, he, he was, somebody said a couple of Sundays ago, he preached on where ha- what's happened to our people. What's happened to them? And, and, and that's the reason I made the first statement I made in this message, and that is that don't let's don't let the fear of this thing stop us from serving the Lord. You know, we we've, we've got to realize that that you know we Lord's going to take care of us. I I don't believe, and I'll, I'll say this, and and I know Brother Sam Wilson and them shut their services down. And I know we did too, but I'm going I'm going to say this as I said many years ago: God is not going to make you sick coming to church. Not many amens on that. But God God is not going to make you sick by coming to church. 
But let me tell you something. If you're a saved person, you don't go to church, he can make you real sick. And that's something you need to really think about. You know, I don't think God's going to make you sick coming to church. I don't think anybody in here can say I caught, and we've had several that's had it, that I caught the COVID, COVID-19, I caught the COVID-19 by going to Landmark Baptist Church. I don't think anybody in here can say that. They may say, well, I may have caught it here, but that's just it. You may have. But you can't tell me that people can go out here and bunch up and crowd up and lay up together with just anybody. And I'm not talking about in a, in a affectionate way, but I'm just talking about just crowd up with people and you don't know what they've got. You know how they're doing. We, we hear, we know. And, and, and I appreciate Brother Greg. Uh, remember, remember Brother Greg and Sister Yoli. But I appreciate Brother Greg. Brother Greg called me and he said, I would not be able to sleep if I knew that I give this to anybody in the church house. And I feel all of you feel that way. I believe all of you feel that way. I really do. I believe all of you feel that way. That's the reason I've told Rhonda, I said, Rhonda, if I get it, I'm going to have to stay in and, and not be able to get out. So pray, pray that your pastor don't get it. Pray that his wife doesn't get it, and pray. And I pray that none of you get it, or or get it uh, that had that hasn't already had it. I pray that none of you get it. But I, I just don't think that the Lord's going to Lord's going to punish us for coming to church. I just don't think He's going to. So we've got to realize this. There's a lot of failures, a lot more failures in the ministry than our success. I mentioned. Uh, the two who came forward, I, I mentioned this Wednesday night, the two who came forward when I, when I went forward surrendering to the ministry, those two lasted about six months, and one of them never did preach a message. Now, this was back 50-some years ago. This was back nearly 54 years ago. <clears throat> and none of them, only one of them ever preached one message, and that was it. Only one of them. That's three of us that came forward and accepted the call to the ministry. So what's the difference in us coming forward and, and, and uh, confessing that we're saved, confessing that the Lord has saved us, and then go out and never do anything that the Lord would told us to do? You know, we, we all should be witnessing. We all should be telling people about the Lord. And, and talking to them about the Lord. Now, I want, I want a question here. I want to address this message. What are the secrets to a victorious life in the ministry? What are the secrets to a victorious life in the ministry? And I'm, I'm just going by my own thoughts here, by, by, by my own witness and my own testimony. I know Apostle Paul says the same thing, just about the same thing here. In our text, <clears throat> firstly, there must be a life lived in Christ. <clears throat> You've got to live your life in Christ. You know, I, I know that I've 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 had a lot of odd things in my ministry. I know because of my ministry, 
and Shelly's not here today, but I know I know in my ministry, I never got to know Shelly when she was little. I was going to school. I, I was going to school. I was, I was pastoring a church, and I worked 40 to 50 hours a week. And I would come in, and Rhonda can testify this, I would come in at the end of the day. This was five years now. This was five years that went on. I would come in, I'd get as far as the couch in the living room, and I'd fall down on the couch. I'd sleep about two hours and get up and head out again. Now, I don't know if that's any way to live, but I know one thing. God has blessed me <clears throat> being in mission. No, I didn't get to spend time. Uh, I know Emily was mentioned about uh, uh, her having to take care of the two kids by herself. Well, Rhonda took care of one of ours by herself during that time. And uh, so uh, and I know that I know that you, you must live your life in Christ. There is no way one can have a victorious ministry in God's eyes without living for the Lord. No way. Now, remember I told you, I said, you think about your own life because this is, this is a good message to lay, to lay men and lay women. Good, good message to lay men and lay women. Just remember this. <clears throat> to be in Christ is, is to be one with him. You know, you, you've got to realize that wherever you are, you know, I'm, I'm not going to tell you how old I am because none of you believe it. But, uh, but at any rate, uh, uh, I can, uh, I go to bed at night. I go to bed at night around 9 o'clock every night. I know Rhonda says, well, you're going to bed with the chickens. Well, I, I believe 9 o'clock, I think chicken's already in bed. Aren't they, Becky and Neil? Yeah. But, uh, and Deanna. But I go to bed about 9 o'clock. And uh, when I get in bed, I have to turn over on my left side to pray. You'll say, well, that's stupid. You can pray anywhere. Sure you can. But I have to turn over on my left side to pray. Why? Because I believe that God is right there beside me in the middle of that bed. I believe it. I believe God is right there beside me, and he is waiting to have a conversation with me. That's what I believe. Every night I believe that. If you ever slip in there and, and I've just gone to bed, you'll hear me praying. You'll hear me talking to God. Because I know God is right there. I know he's right there. And it just gives me so great comfort to know that every night I go in there and get in the bed, and I turn over on my left side, God is right there. He'll say, won't you pray on your right side? I'm praying away from God. That's what I feel. That's what I believe. If I stay on my right side, I believe I'm praying away from God. But I believe God's right there waiting on me, and I believe he's right here waiting on us today. He's waiting on us to reach him today. And, and let me tell you, folks, no greater place that you can reach God except in one of his churches. 
There's no greater place. You'll say, well, oh, I, I love it, you know. I love it on the beach. Well, I don't know about that. But let me tell you, folks, if you're going to have a victorious ministry, then God has to be, we have to be one with him every second of every day. Every megasecond or minisecond of every day. We've got to be with him. We've got to realize we're with him. We've got to realize he's right there with us. Whatever we do, wherever we go, he's right there with us. You can't outrun him. You can't go anywhere. And, and where you can hide yourself and do anything, that God is not right there with you. Well, you say, well, I don't know if he's with me or not, then you don't know whether you're saved or not. Just to be honest, folks, I'm just being honest today. You don't know whether you're saved or not. If, if, if you say, I don't know if God's with me or not, you listen, if, if, if God is with you, you know it. You know he's right there, and I believe that with all of my heart. So, you know, if, if, I have to, if I have to forsake something in order to serve the Lord, I'm, I'm probably going to do that. There's nobody comes to our house to visit. None of our, none of our family come because they know they knew years ago that when it came time to serve the Lord, we were going to serve the Lord. They could stay there. If you, don't want, if, you don't want, if you didn't want to go to church, you could stay there by yourself. But we were going to go and serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we were going to serve the Lord. Didn't make any difference who was there. We were going to serve the Lord. And, that, and if you want to have a successful ministry as a minister and you want to have a successful life as a, as a child of God, then you must realize that you have to forsake all and follow him. What the Bible says, you've got to forsake all and follow him. That's a hard thing for us to do, for some people to do. I watch people, I see them. It's a hard thing for some people to do. It, I mean, it's all right to have a party, I guess. It, it, it's it's all right to it's all right to get together. But there's one thing that we have to realize that some we have to forsake all and follow Him. You'll say, "Well, that's just when we go in church." It's not just when we go in church. It's when we're living our life in, in, in every phase, every second of our life. Every second of our life, we have got to forsake all and follow Him. Just as simple as just as simple as I can make it. It was a great apostle who said, "I am crucified with Christ every day." That's what he's talking about here. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Galatians 2 and verse 20. Christ liveth in me. Christ liveth in me. He's always there. I don't care what we're doing. He's always there. If you're a saved person. Secondly, there must be a life lived by the wisdom of God. There must be a life lived by the wisdom of God. <clears throat> In verse 14 of our text, he says, He maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us. 
He maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us. The word savor here means sweet. Means sweet. Go look it up. Don't look it up in the Webster Dictionary. Look it up in the Good Concordance. The word sweet, the word savor means sweet. In other words, he maketh manifest the sweetness of his knowledge by us. The sweetness of his knowledge by us. The word, uh, just remember, the guiding principle in the Christian life is the truth revealed in the Word of God. Everything you need to know about your life is here. Everything you need to know about your life just about has been preached from this pulpit. You know, folks, I've been preaching this pulpit a long time. Just about everything you need for your life is preached from this pulpit. Has been over the years. We must all witness something much higher and nobler than the wisdom of the world. Oh, it's good to know a lot. It's good to go to schools and learn a lot. You know, I, I was just I was just blessed to get to go to higher education. I had no intentions of going to higher education until I got out of the military. I guess Brother Sam could say the same thing. That when he went to the military, he had no sense of a higher education. And I didn't either. But then when I got out, and I got a job with IBM because I was a veteran. And IBM came to me and said, we'll pay for you to go to school. And, and, and with the veterans benefits, you won't have to pay a dime, and furthermore than that, we'll pay you a thousand dollars a month while you go. That's how I got to go to school. I didn't even finish high school. And my boss at IBM came to me and he said, why don't you go over here to the University of Kentucky and take the entrance test? I thought to myself, well, that'd, that'd be a farce. I went over and I took the entrance test and I passed it. It, it wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't have anything to do with certain scores I made on certain tests. It just had to do that I could pass that entrance test. Let, let me tell you, folks, that's the way God works in us. But the wisdom of the world has not taught me a thing. Oh, I went. I was told things. I had a philosopher in the University of Kentucky that came in the first, first class I had with him. He came in, and he said the first words that came out of his mouth, he had a cloak on, had hair hanging down his back, and had a, had a robe on. That's what I called it. And he stood up at that lecture, that thing up there that he taught from, 
There's about 200 and some students in the class. And he said, the nature of man has never been isolated. That was the first statement that came out of his mouth. And that, by that time, I was, I, I, I'd been saved. Wasn't long after that, I'd been saved. But long before that. And I raised my hand. And he said, do you have something to offer this class? I said, I do. He said, what do you have to offer? I said, the Bible says man is totally depraved. I said, that is the nature of man. He said, are you a preacher? I, and I had accepted the call to preach at that time. I said, I am. He said, well, we're going to have trouble. You know, the wisdom of man is not going to get you anywhere. The wisdom of the world is not going to get you anywhere. But that's what a lot of us live by. We live by the wisdom of the world. We live by what we've learned here and there. Oh, the school I went to didn't tell, didn't tell us, didn't teach us that. So we must, we must all witness something much higher and nobler than the wisdom of the world. In other words, we must not just talk about the family and the weather, but the wisdom of the world God hates. You know, our conversations have gotten away from God, but they've gotten to family. They've gotten to worldly things. You know, I heard somebody tell me one time I went witnessing. Brother Kendall and I went. And the lady, we sat down, I was talking to a lady about the Lord, and she said, I would much rather talk about the weather. Well, I said, it's a pretty day out here. She said, I would much rather talk about the weather. Let me tell you, folks, that's the way most people are today. What they know, they got from television. What they know, they got from Facebook. What they know, they got from higher education. What they know is what they know. And they just let whatever God, whatever they learn from the Bible, they just let that go on by them. Because it's so, it's so, it is so critical. The Bible is so critical. It is. It's a critical book. It's a book that teaches us which way to go. Thirdly, there must be a life that affects both the saved and the unsaved. Now think about this for just a moment. If you do what the unsaved do, then you're not affecting their life at all. That's what he says in verse 15. For we are unto God a sweet savor. There's that sweetness. A sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish. Did you know the life you live has an effect on those that are unsaved? You must have a life like that that affects those that are unsaved. Nobody, nobody wants to be saved and live like some Christians live. 
Nobody wants to be saved and go out and do anything they want to. Curse, drink, whatever they want to do. Nobody wants to listen to anybody like that. How, how many people can we say today that the unsaved say, I want to be like them. I want to be like them. You know, it's uh, people have a different ideas about things. Sister Carmen, yesterday was your birthday. I took a picture of you yesterday that was on Facebook, and I showed it to a fella. You know what he said? He said, you got some of the best-looking women I've ever seen in my life. He said, how did you get that many women? I said, well, look at me. He said, oh, yeah. He said, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, that, that really happened, Carmen. That man thought you were the best-looking person he ever saw. I didn't show him Reggie. Matter of fact, he asked me, he said, who's her husband? I said, I'd rather not tell you. <laughs> now, those very words, that, that's, that's the very words I said to him. Just remember, a life lived for the Lord is a life seen by other Christians and also by the lost. A life lived for the Lord, the lost sees it, and the lost understands it. As you are different than they are. You can't be like them and be different. You can't do the things they do and be different. You can't do it. You can't do it. I'm, I'm too old not to preach this this morning. You can't do it. Fourthly, we must live a life which is true to the Word of God. We must live a life that is true to the Word of God. This is my last thought for this message. We must live a life that is true to the Word of God. The great apostle said in our text, To the one, to the one we are savor unto death. And to another, the Savior unto life. And who is sufficient for these things? Who, who is sufficient for these things? Who is, who is sufficient to be sweetness to the saved and to be sweetness to the unsaved too? He said, who is sufficient for these things? Well, we are not as many which corrupt the word of God. Let me tell you, folks, you take this sword with you everywhere you go. You take this sword, or you if you if you don't want to read it, learn what it says. Get it get it up here, what it says. And and take and take it with you everywhere you go. And 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 people will 
If, if, you, if you need a, somebody needs a question answered, draw ye sword and answer it. Don't just act like you don't know anything because I know you do. That's one of God's children. There are a lot of them in the world, a lot of these type in the world, both in the ministry and lay people who corrupt the word of God. Those who walk by the craftiness of Satan corrupt the word of God. The truth we preach commends the life we live. It was again the great apostle who said, but have renounced things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Second Corinthians 4 and verse 2. That we should be one that gets to the conscience of all men. If you're saved, to the conscience of the saved. If you're lost, to the conscience of the lost. Let me end this message with these words. None will ever be a successful minister or lay person if he or she refuses to follow God's word in his or her life. Now, if you're here today and lost, you have no life. If you're lost today, you have no life. You say, oh, I've got a good life. No, you have no life. You wait till you wait till the life goes out of this body. You'll find out what kind of life you have. You have no life. You're just blessed to be able to breathe. May God bless you is my prayer. I'm going to step down front, and we, if Reggie will come and Carmen will come, I'm going to we're going to sing a verse, and I'm going to let you just be dismissed.